So my name is Linnea Carlson. I am the Director of Ministries to Children and Families, and I am happy to be able to share a message with you this morning. Let's pray. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we're continuing our way through the Gospel of Matthew this summer, and today we continue to look at the parables. So parables are stories that Jesus uses to teach us, and the word parable literally means to bring alongside. So if you understand this thing, and I bring this other thing, maybe you can put them together and try to understand them. So the, we have five parables in 12 verses. Some of the parables are probably not as well known as the prodigal son or the lost sheep. So Sarah was talking about the parable of the mustard seed is first. So how many of us have glued a tiny mustard seed on a piece of paper? Okay, maybe that's just me because I'm a children's minister. I see a few people over there. That's right. Wait, we have glued some mustard seeds and let the kids draw from that. But out of this tiny seed comes a bush or a tree, a tree that birds can build their nests in. So the tiny seed that the bird could have eaten becomes the place where the bird makes its home. The kingdom creates something. Who started baking during the pandemic? Any banana bread, anyone? Anybody want some banana bread? Anyone use yeast? So it's pretty amazing what yeast does. Jesus says God's kingdom is like the yeast, that a woman works into the dough for dozens of loaves of bread and waits for the dough to rise. This woman is working towards something. She is mixing three measures, enough for a great celebration. Other translations say the yeast is hidden. You can't see it. And one of the pieces that sticks out is it's a woman mixing the yeast in. So Matthew is stirring it up a bit himself. The unseen yeast reminds us that the world is being remade, God's reign at work, even when it doesn't appear so. It's up to the church to bear witness to that work of God and itself embody this transformation like the bread in its own life and practices. So these two parables show us the great impact something small can have, that tiny seed just a bit of yeast. The yeast and the seed are going to have little impact if they are not used. You have to plant the seed. You have to work the yeast into the bread. The church, whatever its size and resources, is still given this world-transforming mission. So next we go to discovered treasure. Don't we all love discovered treasure? So for me, it's probably $20 in a pair of pants or a coat pocket or it might be watching a show about discovery on TV like Gold Rush. We like to watch discovery and treasures. So our first treasure is in a field. It was buried there. Now we can't imagine burying our treasure in a field, but there were not places of safekeeping like banks. So this person finds the treasure, and in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now that sounds rather frightening for us humans. Is it possible to risk everything, to sell all we have? Perhaps the key lies in the joy which the man who finds the hidden treasure discovers. When we identify a joy that comes from God, a joy that is authentic, then our attachment, the way we hold on to other things, 
will be loosened, our priorities will shift, and we will be ready to let our lives be changed in a way we could not foresee. As with the field treasure, the exaggerated plot delivers the punchline. If the reign of God is like this, are you all in? I was a missionary in a country called Papua New Guinea. It's a very primitive island above Australia. Their year-round weather is much like we've had this week, all year round. And for the most part, there is no electricity. So I went as a part of a group of six, singing, preaching, leading Bible study. It's a beautiful country, probably the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. But it's also a country with a lot of challenges. There's high unemployment, there's poverty, there's illness, there's violence. Life is very fragile there. The church is strong there, maybe because life is so challenging. There are not all the creature comforts. They don't consider themselves masters of their own universe. Life is not always comfortable. So the words of Jesus are their good news. People we met took those promises and held on to them. So when I arrived, I remember getting our itinerary. We were spending four months there. So as we looked at the schedule, we saw we were leading two worship services a day, seven days a week. And I thought maybe this is kind of like a Baptist revival, right? As we blow into town, we're going to just do church. And we quickly learned that's the way they lived all the time. They always did two services every day, whether we were there or not. Even as a missionary, I thought, wow, this is a lot. This is a lot but they were all in. Next we hear of the jewel merchant. He is on the hunt for exquisite pearls. Finding one that is flawless, he immediately sells everything and buys it. So like the disciples who left their fishing business to become Jesus' companions, this merchant abandoned his business and everything else to lay claim to a beautiful object. Now what business person would sell everything for one pearl? What kind of way is that to run a business? He's all in for the kingdom. So each of these stories start out with the same line. The kingdom of God is like. It doesn't say once upon a time, putting it in the category of a fairy tale. It doesn't say in a galaxy far, far away, trying to get you to travel somewhere else to escape. No, it simply says the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus clearly wants us to get what he is talking about. God's reign is like this. It's like this. Jesus is saying, okay, let me give you another example. Let me give you another illustration. While the parables about the sower, seeds, and weeds may have made a connection with the farmers, these parables would have had meaning to bakers, merchants, women, fishermen. So at the conclusion of the passage, Jesus is alone with the disciples. And he asked them, do you understand this? Does anybody remember how they respond? Yes. Thank you, Bill. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. The message interpretation has Jesus' words being, are you starting to get a handle on this? You know how you feel when somebody explains something to you? Maybe something complicated or something that's not really in your realm of stuff you can get a grasp on. And you don't really want to tell them you're still confused because you don't want them to explain it again, basically, I think, right? 
So I appreciate the disciples. I would have responded the same way. Jesus wanted to know about their commitment to the kingdom of God. Are they all in? So these parables have taught us about the realm of God. We are to seek the kingdom, and when we find the kingdom, we realize we have found a treasure. When we find the kingdom, we have found a treasure, and this treasure will bring joy. The beautiful thing about Jesus' parables, the stories help us to imagine what God's reign on earth is like. They invite us to create and to dream right alongside Jesus. What do you think it would be like if God's ways were our ways on earth? What can we loosen our grip on? What is in the way of our kingdom seeking? All in invites us to the gospel that makes our claim on our whole being, not just our Sunday self. What would you have to change from how things are now in order to us to have right relationships with God and each other? Can you imagine what that would be like? Sometimes I think it's hard to picture something so wonderful. But Jesus will help us. Jesus will tell us another story until we can see it too. And when we see it, let's be all in for building God's kingdom here on earth. Amen.